Hey everybody, superfan Giovanni here for Classic Love Line, episode 567, from December 1st, 1997, a Monday night show, starting out the final month of 97. No guest tonight, a newly discovered tape for a previously lost show, thought to be missing forever and unheard since December of 97, Adam opens the show sans Dr. Drew, on his way back from LAX in a cab, when Drew does return, spoiler alert, he discusses his vacation in Hawaii and shares a funny Aloha Mahalo anecdote. This episode's a gem. So glad we were able to find and recover it and share it with you. As per usual, this was recorded in 1997. Some of the medical information may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Catherine on current day love line. 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. And if you'd like to support more of my work preserving these old fan tapes please visit patreon.com slash Giovanni. Mahalo, and get it on. The following program is a podcast1.com production. Question is advised. Here's Loveline with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. Hey, well, you're half right. Dr. Drew is in a cab as we speak on the way to this radio station. Run. Uh, there'll be no tip for the cab driver now. He's uh, He left LAX. He called here about 12 minutes ago. Wanted someone to come pick him up because his battery had gone dead in his car. I hear Volvos are good cars, and uh, he seems to like his, but I've never seen someone with more trouble uh, with a car than uh, Dr. Drew and his if Volvo anything, wagon. I want to be dominated. <sighs> Boy, it's, it's really, it's, it's, the, it's um, the worst of all worlds. i got to hear Dr. Drew, but I can't yell at him. Anyway, uh, it's probably because he drives a car like a, um, a F and stock car. I, I swear to God, he backs the car into the uh, spot every night, and as he leaves the Loveline parking lot and hits the street, sparks are flying. I mean, it's like, um, I always think um, something's gone terribly wrong, like the accelerator stuck or something like that. You know, it's just it's just common sense to put the brake on when you're leaving a parking lot with a steep incline and entering a street with a steep incline, but uh, not Drew. Drew Andretti, uh, producer Ann says. So uh, anyway, he's abused a car, and now the car is abusing him because it's dead in the LAX parking lot. And um, actually, there's a story... I don't know. Did you hear about this, you guys? Uh, out of LAX, there's a molester running around. And um, I thought, oh, man. You know, you get depressed because um, you sit around and you watch the news and everyone's getting raped and everyone's getting murdered. And you're hearing these stories about some convenience store owner who just moved to this country and he, he came to make a better life for him and his family. And he has eight kids and a guy shot him for uh, 22 bucks and a slushie. For no reason, when he was putting up no resistance, and you just, you get depressed. It's like you, you want to kill yourself before someone kills you. That's what I think I'd like to do. I think I'd like to just walk around L.A. with a cyanide capsule in my mouth. And uh, when someone pulls a gun on me or some gang member tries to shoot me on the free, I'm just going to bite down on it. And that way I can uh, die at my own hands before I'm killed by the sniper's bullet. But the point is, is this guy, he's running around LAX, and he's called like the LAX molester, and I was going, I was seeing this um, being set up on the news, and I thought, oh, Christ, oh, not another maniac. But as it turns out, he's just pinching asses. And I thought to myself, hey, this is kind of refreshing. I mean, I, I almost 
uh, a smile came upon my face. I miss the old-time crimes. You know, the crimes where, um, you know, people would, like, uh, tunnel into a bank instead of uh, just walk in uh, with um, AK-47s blazing? Or uh, when instead of, uh, you know, rape at knife point, you got that cop a feel? And what about the people that used to just expose themselves? These are the kind of crimes we need to have back. So, what do we need? More tunneling into banks, uh, more exposing yourselves uh, on street corners, and uh, more copping feels at the airport. So, now that Drew's done being goosed over there, he's uh, hopped into a cab. We're also uh, devoted to him on this show that he called ten minutes ago, said his battery's dead and someone needs to pick him up, and everyone just told him to F off. Everyone just said, uh, get in a cab, you cheap bastard. We're not picking you up. He should have heard Ann screaming. All right, so Dr. Drew should be in here, I would reckon, in about um, 7 to 11 minutes. That would be, uh, anyone take any bets? I'll go about uh, 11 after. Yeah? I'm going 20. You're going 20. You think it's going to take that long? Yeah. Okay. Um, So until then, we'll take some calls. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191, fax number 310-854-4455. One of the guys from our affiliates, um, 93 Rock in Sacramento, put together a um, Adam Shuffle. You've heard the Drew Shuffle. You've heard a, uh, the Drew Shuffle and the Drew Boogie. We've heard a couple attempts at the Adam Shuffle, but um, Engineer Mike so far has done the best one, and we had a few people send some ones in, but they didn't really pass muster. Well, we do have one. You want to hear that one, Mike? I'm still going to put together an Adam, uh, what did I call it, the Adam Tango. Right. You've but been, it's not done yet. Yeah. I know. You've been working on it since before you oh, met me. Oh, it's going to be good, though. Yeah, I'll bet. All right. Well, you played at my funeral. Okay. Uh, Engineer Mike, should we hear the uh, Adam shuffle? Yeah. Goes a little something like this. My brain went, uh, I'd like uh, sex with a thousand people. Uh, my penis said, Duh, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't have sex unless uh, I know it's going to go on forever. There's a penis in my ass, and it smells funny. Um, we all have to kill ourselves. Yo. It's the uh, crotch house effect. Cut it. Kill the rabbit, kill the rabbit. You think you can spit water out of your mouth? Uh, try shooting something out of your ass. I can't do that. I'm lubing up as we speak. I can't do that. How? There's a penis in my ass. I can't do that. Put a hose in my ass. I can't do that. That is the uh, train is pulling out of my ass. Hey. I'm going to uh, let you explore my rectum, and uh, I'm just going out here. I go right for the penis. I never let it go. Things are going to change. I can feel it. Now listen, all you who know me as the stupid half. Start kissing my ass a little bit here. Can you cart all that up, please? <laughs> hey, that was pretty solid. Yes, my uh, hat's off to you. Uh, uh, wait, give me Kirk Worley. Yeah. Boy, that's a uh, that's like a porn star name. Kirk Worley from uh, the fabulous 93 Rock in Sacramento has come out to visit us, and he put that together. God bless you, Kirk. All right, we'll go to the uh, phones, and uh, Drew should come uh, traipsing in here any moment now. Uh, Let's just take a medical call. Marcy. Yeah, hi. Yeah, you're 21. Yeah, my question is about pap smears. Mm -hmm. Do you really have to get one? I mean, is it really that important? Hmm. Like, how long can I wait? Well, I'm no doctor, but uh, what is a pap smear? Isn't that one they check your um, vagina? No, no, that doesn't sound right. Oh. Yeah, I'd look into that. Well, what, uh, you want to know how often you should get one? 
Yeah, I mean, like, is it really on Like, I don't ever want to get one, so, like, I wonder, am I doing any harm, like, mm -hmm. if I don't? Mm -hmm. Producer answers once a year. Once, so I have to. Yeah. And if you're sexually active, you're supposed to have one. And if you get on the pill, you're supposed to have one. Okay, so if I don't do that stuff, then I don't have to get one, right? Yeah, you should, because... Um, you know, it's 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 like um, uh, it's like a car. You you got to take it in and get it checked out, even if it sits in the garage for a year. You know, things happen even while it's idle. Oh. You're not using your vagina. No. Why not? Because I want to wait till I'm married. Mm, you got a boyfriend? No. Mm-hmm. And no nobody nobody you got your sights set on. What? You don't know anybody. You're not interested in anybody. No, um, I'm not. Adam, hmm. we've got Drew on the line. Uh-oh. Oh, for Christ's sake. All right. Uh, hey, what what do I do? Just punch seven here? Oh, he's there? I'm already on. Hey, Drew. Hey. What's going on? God. What is this nonsense with the pap smear? I've never heard of such a thing. I'm going to hear you scavenging along. I'm about to jump out of the car or kill myself. <laughs> hang myself. Oh, geez, my plan almost worked. Oh, for God's sake. Are you? I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the 405. I'll be on the 10. I'm like five minutes away. Are you uh, You in the cab right now? Yes. Uh, put the driver on. Let me talk to him for a second. Okay, hold on. All right. Hello? Hello. Hey, what's, yes. your, what's your name? My name is Jonathan. Jonathan? Yes, sir. Where are you from? <laughs> Guatemala. Guatemala. Yes, sir. Hey, we don't uh, see a lot of Guatemalan cab drivers. That's nice. Yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll give you uh, I'll give you ten bucks when you get to the Loveline Studio if you break wind right now and roll up the windows and turn the heater on. Okay. Can you do that? Yes. I'm gonna need confirmation though. I'm gonna want to smell the upholstery when you pull up. <laughs> are you turning on to the, uh, Jonathan? Are you turning on to the ten now? Uh, not yet, but we will in a minute. What's going on over there? Okay, we're just getting into the uh, 405 right now. Uh-huh. All right, well, pick it up. I can't carry the show alone. All right, hand the phone back to Drew. <laughs> okay. All right, no tip for Ten you. Ten seconds, please. He's yeah, the friendliest cab driver I've ever spoken to. He's the what? He's the friendliest cab driver I've ever spoken to. All right. Well, All right. I, I'm in the greatest of moods, i got to tell you. Oh, good. I would have made it on time. The goddamn car battery was dead. I couldn't believe it. My kids punched at the lights and things. Uh, <laughs> we left one on. That's it. Oh, you left the lights on? Well, the kids, they, they always punch at these lights. I know that's what happened. Right, blame it on the kids. Well, I should have had more time. To okay. do. And you are, you are taking me back to the airport tonight. We're going to jump this thing. Uh, who's, yeah, that, yeah. who's that in the background? Is that Susan? Yeah. Oh, no. All right, don't, don't, put, don't put her on. I won't. All right, I'm not taking you back to the airport tonight. Oh, yes, you are. Well, no. I'll be there in a minute. We'll You'll sleep over. We'll, we'll do it tomorrow morning. Oh, beautiful. All right, Drew, hang up the phone. All right, I'll see you soon. Okay. I don't know how to get rid of it. Hey, Marcy? Yeah. Are you still there? Yeah. Oh, does that answer your pap smear question? Yeah, I think so. All right, listen. you got to get that part of you checked out. Whether you're using it or not, you have to get it looked at. Start okay. getting used to it. What are you scared of? What are you talking about? What are you scared of? Well, I just don't want anything stuck up there. That's all. Well, it, I mean, all right. But you gotta, you know, you got to get used to that. Yeah, I guess so. Because you're going to get married, right? Yeah, of course. All right. And then there'll be, there'll be stuff there, right? Okay. Okay. What's the furthest you've been with a man? Uh, I never had a boyfriend. Have you kissed a man? No. Oh, man, you're like um, barren soil. You're, you're like uh, some sort of um, uh, you know uh, Indian burial ground that's never been, uh, and no, no foot has has tread upon you. That's good. Yeah. All right. Are you good looking? I don't know what you mean. 
Okay. All right. Uh, good luck finding the guy, okay? Oh, very funny. Okay. Are you good looking? I don't know what you mean. Hey, Beth. Yes. You're 18. Yes. You're on Love Line. What's going on? Well, actually, um, <clears throat> I've been married about a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. And uh, my husband and I, we uh, lately it's been a little better, but he doesn't really want to have sex with me. Mm-hmm. And I think about it constantly. Mm. I want to all the time. You think you want to have more sex with him because you know he doesn't want to have sex with you? That, that may be some of what it is, yeah. Yeah. See, guys' minds don't work that way. <laughs> they just want sex, and uh, if the person wants it, they still want to have sex. And if they don't want it, they still want to have sex. But I don't know if it increases their libido. <laughs> Why do you think he's not interested anymore? You're fat. Hey, Drew, please. <laughs> Drew just called in on the cell phone to say that. <laughs> no, actually, I'm not fat. It's just, um, well, there's been a lot going on in our life. We've got a, a nine-month-old baby, mm-hmm. and he works full-time, and he goes to school. Uh, so, you know, and we're preparing to move and everything, so it's been really hard on him. I know he's had a lot of stress. How old is he? He's uh, 24. Mm, so, you, how old were you when you got married? I was 17. You married a, like, 23-year-old guy when you were 17? Yes. Um, yeah? What'd your folks think about that? Uh, well, they weren't real happy about it, but they yeah. liked him, and yeah. they knew that we were going to get married anyway. Oh, man. Jeez. So. <laughs> All right, so here's the deal. Sex is work for a guy. It really is. I mean, the, the, uh, it's, it's a totally different thing for a guy. A woman has to get up for sex uh, emotionally. A man has to get up for sex um, mentally. Like, like, I mean, um, I should say physically, like, like doing yard work or something. Sex, uh, a lot of guys treat sex like a bath. I've, I've been in this position before in a relationship, which is, it's a pain in the ass, you got to draw the water, you got to plug the thing up, you got to wait around a half hour, but when you're done, you're glad you did it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, well, I, see, the thing is, though, is that I can climax so easy. Oh, really? Well, yeah, he's got I, no excuse then. <laughs> I do. I, I mean, I can within minutes, a matter of minutes. Okay. And, you know, I've, I've tried to tell him that, you know, if he just wants you know, a quickie or whatever. That's that's perfectly fine with me. I have no problem with that. Mm, he's but not interested. Uh, you know, at least, you know, I'd say seven to ten times a day, I, I want it. Uh-huh. And, I mean, even... But see, when I mean, we were dating, it was the other way around. Of course. What, um, what's he good for a day? I mean, a, a week, I should say. A week? Um, well, when I was pregnant, we didn't for, well, five, six months, maybe. Yeah, because you've become mommy. Right. Yeah. Right. And, you're um, still kind of mommy now. Yeah, that's, that's maybe that's thing. it. I think he's getting used to used to being, um, you know, a daddy and mommy and yeah. And it's like, like um, all of a sudden you're humping mommy. <laughs> See, Drew thinks I'm weird for saying that, but I know a lot of guys think that way. No, I I believe it. You know, it was it was strange for me too because I saw him as as daddy, but I got, I think I got over it faster because he wasn't the one carrying the baby. Right. Um. But yeah, I was just wondering if you had any suggestions to spice things up and. You know, uh, I I don't know about all that. You know, uh, buy lingerie and wait for him uh, by the door with his favorite uh, brand of malt liquor and all that crap. I put on a uh, you know um, Barry White CD or something. I don't buy into all that crap. I, I think when things are good emotionally, then the sex is good, and I don't think you're going to talk him into it. Yeah, I do I mean, think when we do. It's wonderful. All right. Well, here's what I would say. Mm-hmm. I'll just say flat out, uh, if he's good for once a week and you'd like it three or four times a week, 
Uh, Why don't you just tell them, eh, how about twice a week? There's a compromise we can work through. You know, it's a lot of stress. You're working, you're going to school, we're moving, all that crap. Just, uh, you know, cut a deal with him. All right. Let's see here. Shannon. Shannon, Hello? you're 20. Yeah. I yeah. have a quick question for you. Yeah. Um, what are some good pickup lines? Don't know. Never never uh, was effective with that at all. <laughs> oh, I, I used to say stuff like, um, um, excuse me, ladies, uh, mind if I sit down with you? And they'd say, why? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I never I never got anywhere with that stuff. Really? Why? You want to, you mean, you want to know how to meet a guy? Yeah. It's like they're out there and I see them, but you know what I mean? There's just not that connection that actually just brings us together. Mm-hmm. Well, where are you seeing them? At school, at college. Junior college? No, university. Oh, okay, because junior college guys are so stoned and stupid, it's it's uh, really hard. Like a different breed. Yeah, have to really go and like, hit them with a folding chair to let them know you're interested. Yeah, but, yeah. But you're at a four-year university? Yeah. Um, and, you know, do you hang out somewhere there? Um, sometimes at, you know, fraternity houses and mm -hmm. at... You know, house parties, stuff uh, like that. Uh -huh. And you can't get a guy to come up to you at a kager, a fraternity house? Well, I, I guess it's because I'm really, really picky. I don't know how to say it, but, you know, you don't want just any old drunk guy coming up to you. So you do have guys coming up to you, but they're yeah, the wrong they're, guys. But they're the defective ones. They're the weird ones. You know what I mean? <laughs> now I know what everyone was saying when I would come up, though. <laughs> they're defective. Right. Yeah, like... You know, genetically so you, a little bit off, I'd say. Right. So you want, like, the big man on campus to come up to you. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but here's the thing. The big man on campus, the the reason he's earned his title, big man on campus, yeah. is because he's a guy that doesn't have to approach women. You know what I mean? He doesn't have to work for it. Yeah. People, uh, people that are in that position, the real good-looking athletic guys who are on the dean's list and, you know, captain of the football team... They're not used to going out and seeing what they can uh, scrape off the floor of a frat house uh, at uh, yeah. 4.30 in the morning on uh, Saturday night. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're you're asking... For what, a little too much? Well, yeah, I see what you're saying. So you're saying if there's that quality of guy that you want to get, then you're going to have to make the first move. Really? Well, that's what you're asking me, right? What What line should you use? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, here's um, here's my strategy with this. It's really, there's no magic answer. It's just um, go up and make some sort of BS conversation with the guy. I mean about anything. Yeah. doesn't matter. You walk up to him and say, don't you hate these parties? Or you come up and say to him, uh, boy, our football team sucks. Or you Actually, walk... we're pretty good. Okay, then you walk... You don't... Listen. I, I get you, yeah. Go ahead and apply whatever works to your situation. Yeah. Go up and say, uh, boy, isn't the uh, football team kick-ass team this year. Yeah. And then it is his job because you've done all your work. Uh-huh. You've established a conversation and the eye contact. If he's at all interested, has a spine, and is heterosexual, he will then pick up the ball and run with it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, if he just says, uh, yeah, they suck, or yeah, they're good, and then turns around and heads for the keg, that means he's not interested. It wasn't because you didn't come up with a good line. It's because he wasn't interested. Yeah. You understand? Golly. 
Okay. I mean, it, it's um, when guys are interested, uh, they will they will do the work. Sometimes guys have difficulty breaking the ice, but if you just go over there and break the ice, uh, he'll do the rest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. All right. Yeah, just, what, Adam? What? I totally love your sense of humor. Oh, really? You are so awesome. You are, like, so off the wall. Oh, look, Drew's here. Oh, he's, so he's missing all of this. Oh, thank you. No, no, but in a good way. Thank you. Yeah, I enjoy your show. All right. All right. All right. Boy, huh? just, uh, oh. Drew, you walked in mm, 11 seconds before we're going to commercial. I know. I know. How are you feeling? Hideous. Good. I mean, I was great. I was great, and I was on time, and I was so happy, and I was so pissed off at United Airline for a... Uh, not letting him get off that GD plane fast enough, but it didn't matter anyway. The, the battery was dead, so there you go. <laughs> battery was dead on the car. So they did like that 45-minute uh, taxi thing? Yeah, but then, then they say, oh, you know, we've been taxing so long, we're going to let all the people off who must get off for connections and appointments, you know, because we understand it's been so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody stands up and goes, well, uh, you're a special case? Oh, excuse me. How do they know who, oh, so you got up and got I off got at that point. I started running and couldn't. Everybody said, oh, hey, I'm a special case, too. Who, who do you think you are? Well, maybe they were. 300 people. Same thing. <laughs> Everybody was a special case. All right. How was Hawaii? Beautiful. Wonderful. Yeah? Fantastic. Really? Yeah, fantastic. What island were you on? Maui. Mm-hmm. Did you bring me back that pot? I looked everywhere. I, after the break, I want to tell you the Mahalo story. Oh, really? Yes. You looked everywhere for yes. the Mahalo? Yes. You didn't come up? No, I'll tell you the story. Did you give me my puka shells? Yeah. No, you didn't. I got uh, uh, coconut beads. Really? <laughs> Those must be cheaper than puka shells. Coconut know. beads. It's, it's <laughs> a break. Oh. <laughs> All right. All right, Drew is back, and the show can officially begin. Uh, by the way, what? the pap smear thing, I, I almost hung myself. I really did. Please, ladies, uh, get the pap smear. Young women die of cervical cancer very commonly. It's the reason you get the pap smear. It's a once-a-year ritual. If you have warts or herpes, it's got to be more frequent. I if thought I had, handled that all right. If you had abnormal pap smears, it's got to be more diligently pursued. But the fact is it is preventative, and it cures even if you have a early cancerous stage. And this is a extremely serious form of cancer that can be totally prevented. I just had a genius uh, show idea. Uh, it's called, uh, called Dr. Drew show. Watch hey. Drew Squirm. Now, here's what we do. We yeah. take a, not a real cab, but just like a sort of mock cab. We put a camera in it, and Ugh. we put you sort of like stage left while I get drunk and and um, pass out negligent medical advice oh, on your behalf. Oh, oh. And then hey, you, listen, there's enough of that going on out there. You just I, squirm, and, I, you, and then you, like, you start television. kicking and yes, screaming listen, and scratching I, at the glass. I spend half my day like this, but when it's on my own show, I, I want to hang myself. This is your show? This is our show. Oh, okay. All right, everybody, True Car, you know how much I love these guys and their app. I spend uh, a lot of time on it, and it's a way to see exactly what's going on in your area. You pick a car, learn about the cars, and see what people are paying for the very car, the exact car you want. You know, there was previous ways to buy cars. You went and hang out on a lot. Now technology evolves. Everything evolves. Buying cars evolves. It advances. It makes sense that there's a new and better way to buy a car. Well, that's now called True Car. The True Car app is special, unique. Their certified dealer network is unsurpassed. They've partnered with over 10,000 True Car certified dealers that believe in a new way to buy a car. It's hassle-free. It's easy. It's fun. Use the True Car app. You can get guaranteed savings. True Car certified dealers will honor the savings that are guaranteed and locked in at True Car on your True Car app. It is that simple. 
True Car and True Car certified dealers. And using True Car certified dealers, you will save an average of $3,221 off MSRP. No headaches, no hassle. It's fun. And if you don't even want to buy a car, you just want to learn about it, check out the app. Two million cars sold through True Car certified dealer network, and you will work directly with the certified dealer contact. It is easy, it's evolved, it's technology, it's made simple. It's about time. Aloha. This is Don Ho, and you're listening to Love Line with Adam Corolla and Dr. Drew. Mahalo. Mm. You know, when you're from Hawaii, you can just smoke weed all day long and no one knows the difference. You know, I, I you know. know I, no one would know if Don Ho or one of those uh, big fat Samoan guys was stoned or not. I kind of came to a Hold on a second. Would you turn that crap down? Thank you. That You know people that kind of go out to places like Hawaii and kind of do their own thing and they're hanging loose? People that do that do that because they really cannot handle life. Yeah, the slightest bit of stress, and and they just they fall apart. Right, they're really they're sort of they're sort of in in prison in places like this. I mean, they they they're on the surface they have all this defensive strategies and uh, uh, sort of grandiosity about hey we're hanging loose we're doing our thing. Uh, no, no, it's just you couldn't function anywhere else, and the, that's the way it works. Uh, I'm, I'm glad those options are available. I know the uh, the North Shore has become like a penal colony for slackers. I, I had a whole bunch of buddies who went out there. I mean, not not at the same time, just uh, individually, yeah. to go like uh, work on a sprout farm for two years and just surf all day. You know, just that, that kind of. But that has sort of a romantic uh, appeal to it. But the the reason is probably because they just couldn't manage anything else, right? Yeah, just couldn't handle it. Well. Uh, they all enjoyed it, but then they I all mean, end you, up you coming tell, back you eventually. Tell the waiters and waitresses I, I'd like uh, cheese and ham in my omelet, and their heads explode. <laughs> they just can't. Uh, 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 <laughs> right. Well, that's you know the, the biggest export is pineapples. All Come right, on. Let me tell you what the, the hell they story. doing over so there. So I I go everywhere asking about mahalo on something. Right. They've got, they've got the the damn state fish on everything, which is a word about four hundred letters long. The state fish. State fish is literally a thirty-letter word. It's like the uma upa 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 upa. It's just this incredible word. They put that on everything. And and I went to this one place and I go, look, there's a, I, do you have anything mahalo on it? She looked at me like, what, what is the matter with you? And I said, well, you got all this aloha stuff. Go, what, and and she and she just uh, just rebuffed me. And I said, look, well, can't you can't you do you ever understand why? Have you ever thought about why it is nothing mahalo? And she goes, I, I can't understand why you put mahalo on something. I go, well, look, aloha's on everything. She goes, why would you put the mahalo on somebody? That's thank you. They're, they're, so why would you put goodbye or hello on things? Yeah, people, they get offended over there when you ask them about putting thank you, mahalo. It's like putting merci on a T-shirt. All right. you've seen. Mahalo, no. Mm-mm. And yet mahalo, honestly, you hear that 50 times more than aloha. Listen, they're not, they're not, uh, it's not a think tank that's going on over there in Hawaii. It's a yeah, bunch know, of, s- s- bunch of guys with big calves, a bunch of women with big calves too, are just, uh, basically stoned and, uh, you know, giving canoe lessons. We had a great time at one of the four seasons hotels over there. It was great. But the United Airlines is not one of our clients. It must be somebody's. I don't know. Go uh, ahead. Uh, are they screwed with you? Oh, oh who oh. cares? Oh, come on. It, what, what it cost you? 200 bucks to fly there and back or what? something? Well, you know, listen, I was telling somebody this today, you know, because I'm always dealing with all these um, home clubs and these these home depots and all these places, you know, where everyone is there is retarded and they don't know what you're talking about and you can't get any service and the lines are long and stuff, but everything's 10 times as cheap. Right. And here's the deal. Uh, When something's cheap, that's what you get. And uh, when it costs a little more, you get that that bit of service. Hmm. If it's real cheap and you take the cheapest flight... 
or you buy your lumber at the cheapest hardware store, whatever it is, you, you what can't you complain. You get what you pay for. Right. You go over to a nice place. you got some guy in his 50s who knows everything about everything, and he's telling you how to do the stuff yourself, and he's helping you load up the car, as opposed to the kid with the pimples on the face who's uh, just smoking reefer in the back, and he's 17, and he could uh, give a rat's hiney about you and that uh, you know plumbing um, uh, coupler that you need. Yeah. And that's the way it goes. So you got the best price. Mm, yeah, it's still hugely expensive to fly to Hawaii. It is. Uh. I don't know. I can't figure out airlines. It's like, you know, first class from here to Baltimore is uh, eight grand. Right. And then, uh, but you can fly from here to Geneva, uh, coach $300. for three hundred and twenty yeah. bucks. Right. I, I don't. I and nobody can explain that to yeah. me. Yeah. To me, the places um, like, uh, um, like flying from here to like. Uh, Guadalajara, or, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of some dump somewhere. Uh, you know, somewhere in Mexico. That should be free. <laughs> Flying to, like, um, unless it's like Cancun. Right. Or Mazatlan, or something like that. Flying to Hawaii, you know, the destination, where you're going, it's not even how far it is. Yeah. It's uh, how nice. And, uh, that's how I would set my prices well, by the airline. that's what they do is the demand. Amelia. Yes? What's going on? Hi. Hey, you're 30. Yes. Um, I've talked to you guys before. Anyways, um, my question to you guys is, um, I don't know what to do about this problem. This Okay, um, I'm in a program, and I've been sober for nine months. Mm. And um, this guy recently met. Seems really nice. In the program. Right, and he's got nine years. Mm. And um, I, I, I like him. And yeah, I, I yeah, but anybody that would sort of prey upon, particularly newcomers in the program, is already suspect. Well, so every time a man meets a woman, it turns into a, a, a hunt and hunted. Well, but in this situation, it is. Because the, part of the recovery process is learning to maintain healthy boundaries. Right. And if somebody's been in the program nine years and understands what those are or really has properly worked the program, they shouldn't be doing this kind of nonsense. So his program is suspect. Okay. And you know you're supposed to try to make at least 12 months without any new relationships or big decisions. I know that, but... And you certainly don't want the 13th step being applied to you. You see, he hasn't... The thing what I'm attracted to is he hasn't tried anything. Hold on. What's totally the third... What do you mean the 13th step being applied to you? I didn't get it's that. It's just a little aphorism that they toss I know what it is. Anyway... Quick, some people get in the program to, to 13 step somebody. Like to, to like, you know, to hit date. on women. Yeah, hit on women. Like, oh, 13th is getting laid? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, that's the Adam interpretation. Hmm. Yeah. Third or fourth step, I could see myself getting involved with that program, but uh, 13. Anyway, you guys, look. I what is the 12th step? Hand job? No. No. Anyways, um, okay. I came out of a 14-year relationship, and I haven't done any any relationships sober. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. And um, it's really new to me. It's different. Right. My heart, like, throbs because I haven't had... That's had great that you're having all those new experiences because those are genuine and real, and you should be frightened by them, and, and that means you're having some real feelings, and uh, you got to be careful. Because they can be overwhelming and they can threaten your sobriety. And your sobriety still got to remain your, your priority, right? What, what was your drug of choice? Alcohol okay. and Coke. Okay. But mostly alcohol. All right. Just be cool. I mean, tw- try to get 12 months under your belt before you before you kick in and have a relationship. And, and be, be... All right. Be, but Drew, I mean, it doesn't make the guy a vulture no, because he met someone yeah. he was attracted to. No, and no, uh, but listen. If she, he, but he should know that nine months is not a time to be uh, messing with somebody new. Although it's, you know, at the threshold. Yeah. And he should be relating to outside of the program if they possibly can develop a relationship outside. Bob. Hey. Hey, you're 28. What's doing? All right. I have 
chunky sperm. Mm-hmm. Well, not sperm, but semen. Okay. It's been going on since I've been probably like 16, but I haven't had the courage to call. That can be normal. What's the difference between the semen and the sperm? Sperm is in the semen. Semen is the, st- the liquid. That's the right. propellant. Yeah. So that's normal? That can be normal, yeah. Yeah, but uh, is, is a whole bunch of sperms uh, put together make a semen? No. Semen is a, is a different thing. Yeah, but what? So, see, a sperm sort of it sort of contains the it's it's the the medium. Sperm is 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 collected and processed right, and but, put into the medium. All right, but what about the chunk itself? The chunk. Well, when the chunk, like what I mean, is a snowball is a yeah. is a bunch of snow that's made into right. a ball. This would be a sperm ball. No, I think the chunk is mostly semen and, and probably sperm caught in there, but it, it's like dried mucus that kind of thing. Oh boy. Okay. So what's, what's causing it? Just you. It's, it's just some people perform, you develop it that way. I don't think it has any, any specific therapy or diagnostic meaning. I had this uh, same problem, Bob. You did? Yeah. I, I cured myself, though. <laughs> with your, with you your prostate I, hygiene? No, I put my um, testicles in one of those uh, paint can shakers, like at the hardware store. Right. And uh, smoothed everything right out. This is not a testicle issue, probably. Yeah, you got to shake the no, testicles no, 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 violently no, no. to sort of stir up the pot a little bit. Yeah, it's prostate form. and seminal vesicles and that whole area that oh. produces this stuff. But don't worry, everything's fine. All right. All right? Thank you. Go All ahead. right. Mahalo. Yeah, I don't know, uh, and guys seem to go through uh, periods of that, but it doesn't mean anything. Right. And your, your prostate hygiene program probably prevents that. You're probably in a pretty thin state most of the time. Yeah, I never really have a chance to let it collect enough fact, you get like to a, actually cl- like to an cling together. Spray, right? Yeah, it doesn't, uh, right, it doesn't coagulate like uh, Producer Ann said. Right, it's like uh, the, the, um, the uh, nozzle of an aerosol can will never clog up if it's constantly being sprayed. Sure. It's just uh, constant volume passing through there. Oh, there goes some. Rory. Yeah? You're 15. Hi. Hey. Um, this is my problem. I'm not at all sure how to tell my parents that I'm gay. Hmm. Sounds a little too gay to me. Too gay for what? For the parents not to know? No. Well, that too, but no, it sounds like almost bogus. No, no. no. You don't think he's gaying it up? No, no, no. Really? No. Well, maybe. Rory, you tell the truth? Yes, I'm serious. I told this is something that I've been concerned about for a really long time. I told my mom that I was when I was sure when I was about eleven, and she, of course, did not at all believe me. And I told my dad before I turned fifteen that I was bi, and it shocked the hell out of him. And since then, I am absolutely scared. But you've already you've already put them. uh, You're not. Listen, you hate your parents. Come on. You love it when they're miserable. He doesn't hate them entirely. He hates them. He hates uh, every uh, every fiber of their being. Please. Listen, you told your dad when you're, you know, 14 and three quarters that you're bi because you knew uh, he'd hate to hear it, right? No, it was just because masturbating or tell my folks I'll tell you what I'll do I'll tell my folks that I'm failing biology halfway into the semester that'll get them you know that'll loosen them up for uh, when the end rolls around and they see the app are you kidding no man has ever thought that way no woman has ever thought that way Roy why do you hate your parents I don't uh all right listen Roy yeah I want you to think why you hate your parents we're gonna go to break all right. Then we'll come back and we'll settle this and we'll figure out um, how you should deal with them. All right. All right. All right. All right. We'll be back. All of my most sensitive areas were inflamed. Really?
BlindsGalore.com wants you to know what custom means. It means the perfect shader blinds for you. It'll fit perfectly into your window. These aren't cut up with a saw by someone hoping to make them the right size. They are hand-built from scratch specifically for your windows. BlindsGalore.com is a pioneer of custom window treatments, and they've covered over 2 million windows. They know exactly how to get it right. Do not bother with the stress of going out to a store. With BlindsGalore.com, you can do it all yourself. And their expert customer service team is happy to walk you through the process designing your new custom blinds or shades. They're there to help every step of the way. That's right. Blinds and shades can make a room feel brand new. Been looking to update a room. This is how you can do it. They'll give you an amazing product and you will save money. Blinds Galore makes it easy to get the custom blinds and shades you've always wanted in your home. Go check out BlindsGalore.com and let them know I sent you. That is BlindsGalore.com. This is Nev Campbell, and you're listening to Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Yes, you are. Is she up here while I was gone? Apparently so, Mike. Sam. Yeah, let's say no. a cavalcade of stars. That was the Joey Lawrence thing. Joey and I are a thick as thieves. I'm now officially the fourth Lawrence brother. Ah, good. No, Joey's a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, phone number for Loveline, 1-800-LVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. Tomorrow night, we will have Lisa Cushell. She's uh, one of the latest cast members of Mad TV. Uh, Lisa's an old friend of mine, although she's young. She's really good looking, too. She uh, was in the uh, Acme Theater with me for many years, and uh, she's an old friend of mine. So uh, we'll have her on. Have I met her before? Uh, You know her brother, maybe uh, Bob Cushell, who's like a producer on uh, Third Rock or something like that. Perhaps uh, we uh, brought his name up when we had uh, Kristen Johnson and um, the rest of the uh, Third Rock. Uh, Simbi Kali, is that a Third Rock person? Yeah, Simbi and uh, with uh, French. Yeah, French Stewart. Yeah, all those people. So uh, anyway, real funny, real nice, and it'll be a little bit of a reunion, kind of surreal, because uh, there we both were a few years back, just uh, driving beat up cars, um, trying to scratch for money, and uh, doing some crappy comedy somewhere. And um, now you're supporting the. Uh now I'm supporting the arts. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And uh, Gavin from Bush will be in here on, uh, or is that Gavin McLeod? Uh, uh, it'll be one or the other. He'll be in on uh, Wednesday. Wait a minute. Tomorrow. Wait, Tomorrow's, today's Tuesday. Tomorrow's Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. Always get screwed up. All right. So phone number, did I give that out? No. Nope. No, forget about it then. Bjork's having a kitty problem, so she'll oh. be at the vet. All, no, she's having kidney problems. Is she coming? No, she's having kidney problems. Seriously? Yeah, must. What, what? And speak to all of us. What? Yeah, she's in the hospital. With what? I don't know. I heard kidney problems. Find out what? She canceled her shows uh, out, out here and everything. Uh, find out for me what it is. We'll, we'll you don't think her think doctors are Iceland, capable? So, no, I, I just know. kidney problems can just mean a terrible, you know, kidney infection, which is something she'll be over within a week. And if she has kidney failure of some cause, it depends what cause. Well, she's always hooked up. I, I don't think she has internal organs. I'm not sure if she she's like a uh, little. Uh, is that ephemeral, huh? Yeah, she's like a little she, pixie or something. Clouds inside. Yeah, she breaks wind. A little pink cloud comes out. She's a good guest too. We've had her before. No, really. I think she's kind of crazy though, isn't she nuts? Uh, not in a nutty way. You yeah, but I mean? it's sort of a spiritual way. Right, but there's some people like you. Like at first, when you hear her and you see her, you think, oh, well, she's from Iceland, right. so it's a cultural thing. And then you realize, um, no, I think even people in Iceland think she's nuts. <laughs> Rory? Yeah. Okay, so you're uh, 15, mm-hmm. and you want to know how to tell your parents that you're gay, even, even though, though you've already told them you're gay. Right. Precisely. Okay, yep. and let's uh, let's get a little history of 
family. Uh, so, uh oh, Truce going right for the wallet, Rory. Look yeah. out. That means I got to go for mine, too. Uh, otherwise, he'll think I'm a pussy. You know, I made some money off of uh, Joey Lawrence and uh, Dr. Bruce while you were gone, oh, good by the you. way. I had a big, big night. You've become my student. Yeah. No, not really. All right. All right uh, hold on a second, Rory. We're going to gamble on your upbringing. Oh, great. You want to go uh, first? Although, now, Rory, Yeah. you got to be real honest with us when we come back and ask the hard-hitting questions, right? All right. All right, because that's the point of the gambling, pure honesty. All right, so he, he, the deal is... He hates, I think Rory hates his parents. Well, I agree with you, but he doesn't seem to be very in touch with that. So it's got to be, be a pretty sort of oblique reason he hates them. Uh -huh. and to me, it's something on the order of something happened to him, and he feels they should have protected him from it. Uh -huh. Probably the reason something happened to him is they were pretty abusive at home to begin with. Uh -huh. That's what made him sort of open to that sort of victimization. So what are you going with? I'll say he was sort of physically and emotionally abused at home. Real rough parents. And uh, then somebody maybe sexually abused him outside the home. Eight. When you say outside the home, what if Dad Neighbor. took him out and molested him on the lawn? Would that no, count? no, no. Somebody out of the family. I see. Uh, I will. Uh, here's what I'm going to go with. Um, no sexual or physical abuse. Uh, Rory was always a funny little kid. His uh, parents didn't deal with him well. He was made fun of uh, a lot at school, and the parents never uh, stepped up to the plate okay. to uh, protect him good. and rally around him. All right. All right. That's good, because every kid feels that way. <laughs> Rory. Yeah? Who's what? right? What happened? What's your childhood like? You're both right. Uh-uh. It's true. I was abused incessantly when I was in elementary school. I was never sexually abused or molested by a neighbor or a family member mm -hmm. when I was growing up at all. And that I know for sure. Um, but roughed up. It was kind of a rough home environment, huh? It was sort of because I think the main reason why I've always felt resentment towards my dad was because I always felt that he liked my half-sister more than he did me. Uh. Mm -hmm. which I'm beginning to think is as much my doing as it is his. Because huh. mm -hmm. you sort of perpetuated that by being an a-hole and sort of driving him toward her? Not really. I think it's just because I haven't seen him for several months. Plus which, um, I always felt that my parents never really protected me from the severe emotional abuse. Yeah, that's what I pick up on. They, they, they somehow allowed things to happen to you that shouldn't have. And for a long time I always felt that the, that my mom was the main reason why I suffered so much abuse from my peers. Why? What was up with her? Well, nothing really. It's just I felt that maybe her bad decisions were the cause of my... Give me an example. Well, naming him Rory, for one. That's, an that's good for beating. All right, what else? I always thought that because she sent me to this... Yes. Yeah. Hey, uh, Rory? I'm sorry. Try not to swear on the air, please. I'm really so sorry. Sent that's all right. Crummy, crummy school. Yes, and... That and I was around nine when I first contemplated suicide. Oh my goodness! Mm -hmm. So okay. So. Do you have red hair? No. Uh huh. Okay. Why? I'd like to see the statistics on people who commit suicide. I bet people with red hair have higher incidence. Why? It's eh, more reason. That's all. Are you real white? No. Are you kind of frail looking? A little. I I am a very fragile person. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So what? All right. So you were always uh, sort of an outsider, always considered a little bit weird, um, withdrawn. Uh, the always. kids picked up on this. They beat up on you. 
when I was in third grade, I honestly don't know how many times people insisted on calling me gay, and that's why I lost a lot of friends towards my other peers mm-hmm. that were my nemesis. Well, but, but now you seem like they knew something, though. But but now you're sort of you, you you have support within the gay community now. You are you connected in some way with people? I like have that? absolutely no gay friends whatsoever. Right, that, that, that you, before that, you go, look. Uh, my recommendation generally is before you go rushing into. Well, the I, room, I think I win that money. Yeah, through. You do. Okay. Oh, I do. Before you go rushing into the well, dining I was, room, I was, just, room. I, was just, I was just asking. No, because wow, that's it was a good, good call on your part. Oh, well, thank you. you. Even though I was close. Yeah, you're close, but uh, uh, no cigar. Uh, you need support from people that you can fall back upon if your family really becomes abusive. I mean, you know your parents have the capacity to be abusive. Oh, you know it's going to freak them out, and you're, you kind of you, you kind of hate them, and so you're going to drive it in a little bit. And you can't help yourself. So, you know, there's no reason to do it right now. Hold back. Get the support of some people who have been well, through what you're going Well, he already told through. them uh, he was it, gay, right. and uh, anybody who... Um, Talks to Rory for more than thirty seconds would get an inkling. The parents can have very high levels of denial about that kind of stuff. So. Well, well, it's just it's something that has really shaped my life, and I never real, and for a long time I've never really had a problem with people first assuming that I am gay. But mm. after a while, it gets so irritating for a person that you don't even know for five minutes. Uh, it's all right, Rory. Adam thought you were pretending to be gay. I thought you were so gay that it must have been some sort of gay goof or something. No, I was. I am totally out of the closet, but people's very first perception of me is that I am. Right. right. But that's that's what you're giving off. Right, but look, look, uh, Rory, just get a support network in there of people who have been through what you're going through. He actually sounds pretty intact, given what he's been through. And right? uh, Personable. pretty mature for a 15-year-old. Yeah. All, right, right. All right, let me tell you this, Rory. Mm-hmm. Every great gay artist started out this way. I'm telling you, everybody from uh, Andy Warhol to Elton John would probably tell you the same story about being frail, being picked upon, uh, having an uh, over-domineering mom and a dad, a blue-collar dad that didn't understand. You didn't have a sort of a a sexual identity thing in this direction. You went through your own suffering and uh, call upon that all the time. Yeah, I had parents that didn't care. Source of uh, resource for your creativity. Yeah, no, Rory will be a a great um, sculptor, choreographer or something like that. Uh, But anyway, Rory, here's the deal. You've got to make through the next three years at home uh, without killing yourself and then you can move off and go to art college and the rest will be history. As they say, you'll be a great designer or something. So, uh, don't tell your parents you're gay. I know you hate them, but don't worry. You can pay them back for their whole life yeah. uh, when you don't have, uh, when there's no grandkids and yeah. all that good kind of stuff. Uh, and don't force it upon them. No. Yeah. Just, anybody wants to tell their parents you're gay before the age of uh, 19. 20, 18. I'm going 20, 22 hates their parents. That's all. Michael. Yes. 20. And I'm always right. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my question is: I have I'm 20 years old, and um, last night I had a, a you know wet dream, and I've never had them before, mm-hmm. never before, and it you know it kind of freaked me out last night because I wasn't used to it because I know that usually you have them you know when you begin puberty or, or throughout puberty, and I, I, I as far as I know I'm well past puberty now. Have you been masturbating since you were in puberty? Yeah. So really? You started that up real young. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I actually I would say probably before I started puberty. How did that happen? It was just a curiosity. So you'd read about it, heard about it, and yeah, just TV and stuff like that. And you were able to do that to orgasm? Yeah. Before puberty. Well, I think I, I would assume I didn't have pubic hair at the time. Jeez, you know, wow. how old were you? Uh, I don't know, thirteen, fourteen. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Right. Well, that's why you didn't have wet dreams because you uh, were doing the uh, 
Corolla hygiene oh. maneuver. Let me tell you the dreams I've been having, Drew. Yeah. And tell tell me how you would explain this. All right, here we go. I have the most boring yet painful, mundane dreams any man has ever had. Most people have dreams of either being, you know, locked in the basement of the house of a serial killer right. or uh, hitting the home run in the seventh game of the World Series. Yeah. Here are my dreams. I had a dream. I swear to God, the whole night was dedicated to a hair that was in my sandwich. I was eating a sandwich. That's mundane. That sounds positively agitating. It sounds horrible. Well, but it's boring. For, for a dream, a hair in a sandwich is not really uh, Ooh, what, what dreams sound, are made of, as they say. Horrible? Anybody listening? To that? No, they're not. Uh, they're, uh, but I mean, it sounds like... Maybbelline the, catalogs in like, early. Like, you know what that sounds like to me? In early this year. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like uh, a visual experience of nausea. Now, here's my dream. I'm sitting at a cafe. I'm eating a sandwich. It's a nice sandwich. I bite into it, and as I pull away, I notice a long black hair. And I think to myself, eh, that sucks, but eh, I'm eating a sandwich. It costs five bucks. I sort of pull the hair out, and I take another bite. And I notice it's sort of the remnants of the same hair, which was sort of like interwoven uh, throughout the night, sandwich. All night? This was basically one dream. Uh, that dream, yeah. and um, I got to do The Tonight Show. I was on Leno. I was home watching myself. And um, I, I didn't flop, but I wasn't particularly en entertaining. Oh, we did that on the Keenan show. Uh, yeah, and I noticed... Uh, that, was, no, that was reality. That wasn't the dream. No, you know what, though? I, I think I saw that. It wasn't as bad as uh, we thought it was. But anyway, the point is... is And I noticed... Uh, I remember uh, commenting that, uh, geez, my hair's really thinning out. I'm looking like I'm getting a little bald spot on top. That's my dream. <laughs> now, most people would either fail miserably... Or have a huge success and in, 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 in be asked to uh, guest host the show. Let's Not go, me. Let's go to break. I'll discuss All right. what we got here. Meanwhile, as the faceless evil closes in on the hapless sleeping populace across town in a shanty one-bedroom, an old woman feeds her parakeet. Come on, Chirpy, have some cheese. You love cheese. Since when are you afraid of cheese? Love Line will be right back. All right, over the years, people upgrade things, everything, life, cars, phones, TVs. But when was the last time you upgraded your underwear? Yes, I mean it, underwear. I want to tell you about Tommy John, not the pitcher, the revolutionary men's underwear brand that is taking America by storm. Each pair is expertly crafted. Legs never ride up. Waistband never rolls down. Tommy John's patented 21st century design even makes it impossible to get a wedgie. And all of Tommy John's underwear is backed by their best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Free guarantee. It's not the best underwear you've ever worn. They will give it to you for free. If you want to look and feel amazing while keeping cool and comfortable all day, make the switch to Tommy John. Go to TommyJohn.com now and check out their complete line of phenomenal underwear, undershirts, and socks. Use promo code ADAM and get 20% off your first order. That is promo code ADAM for 20% off. TommyJohn.com. TommyJohn.com. That's where you get that 20% off. Can't believe how they give these huge discounts. How do they get, get away with that? Hey, it's the Love Line, Dr. Drew Adam Carolla, and we will be back in 10 seconds. This is Love Line on Radio Station. Ninety-eight KUPD Tempe Phoenix. Yeah, love line phone number one eight hundred L O V E one nine one fax number three one zero eight five four forty four fifty five and we're uh, and uh, later on this week, Gavin from Bosch will be in here. 
So uh, what were we talking about? My dreams? Yeah. Yeah. They're boring. I agree. Uh, but, but a lot of they're, people are they're, um, I have what would what would be called like tormenting dreams. Yeah. They're like... They're like uh, I don't sleep. Creepy almost. I just they're get agitated. tormented. Yeah. That's how that you know. While everyone else is you know counting sheep and sawing logs, uh, I'm wondering why I'm bald and my upper lip is sweating on the Tonight Show. But but it, what, it has a kind of a creepy feel to it. I mean, you you, you sort of describe that feeling once in a while. It's it's it, it's a general pessimism. Yeah, you you have about stuff you do. Yeah, yeah, like work, work in general. I think anything you're doing, you're, you're not happy about. Right, but I'm not miserable. I'm just not, uh, I don't think it's that big a deal. Uh, it could be better. Uh, how good could it be if I'm doing it? What do you, you think is under that? Anger? Hostility? <laughs> rage? No, I think it's uh, based, uh, it's uh, uh, rose petals, ah, I would have to say. Okay. It's built on a foundation of uh, rose petals, Drew. Okay, good. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it's anger and rage. You know, I'm generally a happy guy. I'm, I'm fairly well adjusted. I have, uh, I don't really have peaks and I don't have valleys. Right. You know, I'm just, um, straight through. I'm generally content. Uh, I have this sort of feeling of no matter what you do, um, you'll be dead in 50 years. How important could it be? You know, I'm not fully involved in life. But I think that's because, that's my sense, that some part of you sort of tied up containing this something. Yeah, I, I don't, it, but it never bursts out. I mean, I, I don't uh, really uh, you, flip you, out that you, much. You flip out when things, and people do stuff that really frost you. You know, you, know, you always go, oh, I hate these, these little things. Yeah, these all right. All right, things. but I never punch any furniture or no, anything no, like no, that. No, 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 no. All right, but so my dreams, my my dreams are basically, and, and this is the, the, the biggest reoccurring dream I have, if, if I could have a reoccurring dream, would be go out to the car and it's missing a part. Not a big part. It's not been totaled. It's not been stolen. I just go out to the car and some guy clipped it and cleaned out the uh, turn indicator signal uh, on the side of the car. And it's going to cost 129.50 to fix. What a hassle. This is a hassle. Yeah. Pain in the ass. Kind of like what I'm going to go through tonight. Right. Now, a lot of guys, uh, the dreams would be they come out and there's a Ferrari there. Right. And it's got a big bow on the hood. <laughs> oh, my God. And then others are, they go out and the car's on fire. Right. Oh, my God. Right. My car's on fire. What am I going to do? Right. Now, well, I go out there and some kid, like, clipped it with a skateboard and put a, a ding in the but, side. But this is kind of what I'm talking about. There's a theory that healthy adults... Uh -oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, neither one of us are, are truly healthy. All right. Well, but, no one's healthy. Though. Yeah. Uh, have a, what's called a range of affect. And this is why, in fact, one of the reasons I say women are superior. They more naturally have a, more, a greater range of affect that they can move through. Yeah. And, and Especially uh, two, three days out of the month. Boy, they can really run the gamut. Pretty rangy. Yeah, they're forced to be rangy. Because you know they're going to be uh, evil, uh, angry, and... Um, uh, maniacal at least two or three days out of the month. So if they're just sort of uh, calm and sober the other uh, 20, seven days, that's rangy. But in in fact, I think range is is a uh, is a connection with the emotional world. And if it's tied up with stuff that's overwhelming or uncomfortable, you, you lose some of your range. And so that's that. Let me ask you this: Do you think lesbians get as spun out during the period as heterosexual married women do? Yes. No. Why? I just never see it. Well, let's hear from the lesbians. All right. 
I want right. to hear from lesbians who are. They're just PMSing. more empathic to their partners. They don't complain about it because they understand what that is. I think they just go out like uh, you know, split wood for a couple hours and blow off some All steam. Right. <laughs> All right. I think I'm right about this one too, Laura. Oh, well, I'm not a lesbian, so I can't help you with that. All right, we're going to have to move on then. <laughs> but uh, I've just recently been divorced, and after listening to your program several times or a week or during the last few months, I'm actually kind of paranoid now about re-entering the dating scene, especially. Good, good. we're doing our job. Yeah. Hey, high five here, Drew. <laughs> yeah, yes. So, so I'd actually like some advice. Hey, how's your, how's your Yeah, Drew, you didn't have to do it that silently. <laughs> look, look at the lump. I, my, my hand sprang back off that thing. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, actually, I'm looking for some pointers, things to What's avoid. Your, part, or, of the, part of, uh, I suspect, what we're going to tell you is dependent on what your history has been. So what, what have your relationships been like in the past? Well, my last relationship was lengthy for me. It was six years. Um, prior to that, I was married briefly. So I've actually been married twice. And I've read some books, and I seem to be doing everything right. I'm choosing them. They didn't select me. Um, but I, apparently I'm choosing the wrong people for me, or maybe I just wasn't mature enough because now I'm 28. Um, and I'm just, I guess in Los Angeles, I'm just seeing that a lot of people are not what they appear to be. Mm. I'm from Phoenix. I lived there for yeah. years. And what is don't chalk it up to uh, the town. L.A.'s <laughs> just all the idiots from all the other towns. It's <laughs> true. Right. Most people are idiots here. But let me tell you something about L.A., to be fair to uh, Los Angelinos. Everybody walks around talking about uh, what a hole and what a phony everyone is, uh, one including too. the a holes and the phonies. Right, right. Uh, they're complaining about what a holes and phonies uh, everyone uh, is yeah, as well. That's true. All right, so Laura, but, you, you could you could be miserable in any town, or you could get uh, screwed over in any town. But tell us more about what the relationships have been like. Not, well, that, not that they were unsuccessful, but what were they like? Uh, well, my last relationship, um, it was pretty good. Um, Why did I don't it end? I want to go into it. Um, um, it just wasn't, I went, I re, it was a rebound. Um, I met him, in fact, we were engaged just shortly. But what was months. it like? What was the quality? Of the, was it close, loving, uh, hostile? Um, it, it was pretty good. I mean, I really felt that um, there was Why Oedipus, did it end? There was an Oedipus complex there with between he and his mother. Uh, uh, hang on a second. I'm going to ask you to... To turn your intellect off for a second, you, okay. you do an awful lot of analyzing. Say this why I don't read. That's what I do. I constantly yeah. analyze. You get boring. But I'm just boring. like, just give me your sense. Yeah. Give me your sense of these things. What, what, what was the quality of the relationship? Well, I felt very lonely during the marriage. All I right. Just so didn't some feel... some reason there was no connection there. Yes. All right. And why would you pick an emotionally unavailable man? You think? Why would I pick somebody who's emotionally unavailable? He seemed at the time. Yeah. Well, all right. Where's your dad? Right. Let's just get right to it. Where's your dad? <laughs> My dad is alive and well, and we have a very good relationship. Mm, it is now. Getting going on there. What well, does he do for a living? Um, well, now he's uh, retired. He's in what his 70s. He? What did he do for a living? Um, well, he was a salesperson. He did different things. Was he away from home a lot? Actually, no. No, he was... Salesman. Yeah. I actually had a pretty much a more closer relationship with my dad than I did with my mom. And what was mm -hmm. your mom like? Um, very high-strung. Uh-huh. <laughs> Very emotional. Uh -huh. My dad's not very emotional at all. But mm -hmm. um, okay, well, the, but not being being not emotional is what I'm talking about, right? Emotionally unavailable, not emotional. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Well, I think uh, that's why she sounds like uh, Spock from uh, Star Trek, <laughs> right? Because she wasn't given any opportunity to develop her <laughs> own emotions. That's not how I am normally. But, oh, but, you, but it's very logical. 
Well, I don't want to come off sounding like a dork, okay? All right. I'll buy that. Listen, Laura. But, but you're, you're choosing, for whatever reason, emotionally unavailable men, so that's that's sort of the thing you have to watch out for in yourself. And yeah. How do you, you do that? Well, first thing you look for is the fact that you're attracted to the guy, and if you are, just it's suspect. Uh, maybe find somebody that you're not so attracted to and see if you can develop a relationship or somebody that uh, you know that your friends think yeah. you'd be good with or I something. i got to come up with a test for women. For what? Do you know? Do you know if the guy's right? See, for I can see a guy in. Uh, I can see a guy in about five seconds say whether he's an a-hole or not, or whether he's a phony or not, or whether he's an idiot or not. Very easy to do. Yeah. Uh, but I can't. I can't uh, define it. I just can tell you. you can I can it. tell when I see a guy. I don't even really have to talk to him. Yeah, but but you. How, let's talk about women, because you you would you would sort of understand it more in level. Stay away from guys who wear shoes that uh, are uh, more than. Seventy bucks—that's a bad uh, thing. Yeah, big watch. Any guy wears like a, a any guy has a a heel on his boot that's more than let's say like an inch and a quarter. That's that's a dead giveaway there. Yeah, big watches. And, oh, for Christ's sake, those like nugget yeah. gold watches. <laughs> uh, just turn and run, screaming uh, from this guy. Yeah, any of those bracelets, especially those big bulky uh, chain ones. Uh, bad. Uh, any kind of jewelry at all pretty bad uh any kind of coloring in the hair especially that like frost thing they put on the front there with that little blonde frost thing and any energy directed to the hair bad sign yeah bad thing any energy toward the hair as a male uh that is a uh the kiss of death too much time spent uh on the head uh, glass frames, um, that's something. I'd, I'd have to see the glasses. That's what I'd like you to do. If the guy wears glasses, ah, here's here's what I'm going to offer to you ladies. Uh, if the guy wears glasses, go ahead and pull the glasses off and send it out to us. <laughs> I'll go ahead and examine the frames uh, down in the uh, Moron Lab and then send them back uh, with either a... Um, uh, green sticker put on the lens, which means uh, proceed, or red sticker on the lens, uh, which would indicate uh, not proceeding, or a sticker that had a uh, um, a hand. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it's going to get into something sexual. But uh, the point is, or if he doesn't wear glasses, just pull a shoe off him and uh, go ahead and send that in. We'll send it back, a self-addressed stamp envelope. And I can, I can get a read on a guy. You can too, can't you, Drew? Yeah, but but uh, I, I, you have to think of it in terms of uh, opposite sex or somebody that you would be attracted to sexually, and think about it in terms of women for you, and you have to also be interpreted in this context mm, of your women. Own. You just send the bra in. I yeah, figure that you one out. You have to also interpret in the context of your own attract attraction. No, you, know, you have to know how to how to now, interpret. Now I'm totally unbiased. I, I could figure this out with guys immediately. All right. All right. I like a guy who doesn't care, but not to the point where he smells. He's got to he's got to not care about his parents, but not to the point where he you can actually smell but his appearance. I, I think you can you can eliminate the real outsiders, no problem. Yeah, but you the, mean like the, certain, the uh, Ted Kaczynski? Yeah, I mean, I th- I, well, even, but I think you would somebody that would make you miserable. I think you could rule out in, in, without even talking to them. But it's that sort of middle ground where between happiness and sort of mm, well, yeah, you know, I'm not so sure we can do that that easily. Sean, yeah, you're 20. Uh huh. What's I going got, on? Hello? Yeah. Oh, boy. I got this problem yeah. where, like, my my balls really hurt a lot. Uh-huh. So I don't beat off more than, like, two 
two times a day. Mm-hmm. How does he have the time to do that? I mean, you have to put the bong down long enough to do that. Well, right? wait a minute. He could uh, hold the bong in his left hand. Yeah. Hey, uh, what junior college are you going to, Sean? Don't go to. No, he didn't. He didn't no, he's not. Too, too much pot. Too much pot. Too much pot to go to junior college? Yeah. I didn't know there was a limit. Yes. yes. No. Really? What are you doing? You're not working full time, are you? No. No. Uh-uh. But you're thinking about junior college, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know. Let me tell you, the only thing worse than actually attending junior college is aspiring to attend junior college. That's that's real bad. Let me tell you what. That's I, like it's like uh, I'm gonna get in one of these uh, white Aryan groups uh, as soon as I can get get off the sofa. Well, this is the interesting thing about people who smoke a lot of pot. I think it's actually worse than being in the group. Well. <laughs> They, they seem to have, it's, it's been characterized as a motivational syndrome over the years, and I think it's something a little more specific than that. They actually develop a block in the ability to convert a thought into an action. Because <laughs> they have all kinds of great ideas, but right. they can never actualize, and they never can create action. I'm, I'm contemplating going to junior college, but I can never go to junior college. Yeah, but, but like napping, masturbation, and eating in, is more like, uh, it's like calling um, um, breathing an action yeah, right. or something Those aren't like that. Those are just uh, like, like Impulse. bowel movements or something. Right, yeah. I see. You don't actually have to force your bowels to move. Right, they will anyway. I see. Sean? Yeah. You living at home then? Um, at the moment, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why, were you uh, out of the house at some point? Well, no, I'm living no. with, my, with my dad right now. I see. And uh, you, you working at all? Um, not at the moment, no. No. I'm living with my dad. Oh, boy. Oh, you're living with your dad? Yeah. I see. He don't let you work, huh? Well, no, he lets me, he lets me work. Oh, but you're living with your dad. I just feel like being a bum right now. So. Okay. Well, <laughs> As if uh, the last five years have been so grueling. Oh, exactly. What have you been doing the last five years? Uh, smoking pot and listening to Thin Lizzy uh, 8-tracks and uh, some guy's uh, van that's up on blocks? Yeah, I've taken bong and listening to Black Sabbath. All right. There you have it. I, how can people... Uh, wh- wh- hmm. Yeah. Now, what's your dad have to say? It's so frustrating. People um, talk, just want to want to claim that marijuana does not cause changes in people's biochemistry. It just kills me. No, but I uh, see. I believe that Sean would have been a no, slacker. He's no. just a stone slacker yeah, now. But now he's a now he's like a neurologically impaired slacker. He's found a way. It, How do we know without even talking, without even having a discussion with him that he smoked a lot of pot? He opened his mouth and we knew it. If we were just a slacker, we wouldn't know that. Hmm. All right, that's not a bad point, but here's the way I look at uh, marijuana uh, for a lot of uh, guys. Excuse us while we talk about you, your kind, and your future. Shut. Hold on a second there. How does his dad kill myself? See, this is why we need the uh, mandatory military. Yeah. See, when I'm in yeah. place, uh, yeah. guys like uh, Sean will just be scraped off their sofa and yeah. just uh, I'll just haul their ass right into the service. Yeah. That'll be it. Just, uh, you know... Uh, Few um, seven weeks, a good boot camp up at uh, you know five thirty in the morning, and uh, running and boots, and you know having to uh, climb over uh, cargo nets and obstacle courses and all that. Uh, big black bald di's uh, yelling. Uh, uh, um, let's see what's a what's what. what let, me, let me think of uh, a good one. Oh yeah, here's a good uh, here's a good one. Um, uh, ah, um, this basic training starts at oh five hundred hours. Not when your pimp lets you off work. <laughs> Stuff like that. Oh uh, yeah, that'll help. Yeah. Uh, let me try to think of another good one. No, no, that one took long enough. Uh, huh? 
Uh, it took long enough? Mm. Well, see. It's the pot coming back yeah, to me. indeed. Uh, you will address me in a clear and present tone, not the voice you use to con drug money off of your liberal parents. <laughs> Don't you think Sean could uh, benefit from something like that? Yeah. Okay. Um, geez, I should be a DI. It'd be great. All right, anyway. Weren't uh, you one time? No. That's oh. not. Uh, I played a lot of Pop Warner football, though. Oh. It's kind of the same thing. Ah. It's like uh, being in the military, except for you have, uh, well, you got a helmet. Yeah. It's like you wear a cup. Like you're in the military, but you wear a cup. Ah. All right, so what the hell are we talking about? No, I think, uh, here's my example of Sean, uh, guys who smoke a lot of weed. I think they were slackers, and then the weed uh, just made them okay with their slacking. It's like someone who says, uh, boy, I'd like to be pushed around in a wheelchair. And somebody says, you can't push you around in a wheelchair. And they go, oh, okay, I'll just drop an anvil on my foot. Uh, no. <laughs> now you can do it. Now you can do it. Now but, I'm in a wheelchair. But, and, but, and no one will mind. How about what I said when we opened the show tonight, when I finally arrived here tonight, about how people who sort of are slackers, let's call them that, I mean, it's sort of a derogatory term, but people who can't handle doing much, uh, it's because they're sort of emotionally tied up and get overwhelmed by stuff. And this... Uh, sort of medicates them even further into a stupor so they don't have to do it. Or they, they don't have to even worry about doing anything. Hmm. They, they, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah it's, uh, it goes hand in hand. Uh, Sean? Yeah. All right. So uh, forget about you masturbating uh, too much. When are you going to get a job? Uh, in about a week. About a week? Yeah. Where at? At a gas station. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. And uh, what are you going to do there? Just uh, work. Oh, okay. I, I see. don't know. Oh, okay. Do you just have work. a job lined up? Uh, yes. <laughs> Wouldn't that answer fit for just about any job? Let me just try this. Uh, try it out for you, Drew. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get a job on a boat. Mm, what are you going to do there? Work. Ah. I'm going to try it again. Brilliant. See if we can find a place. I'm going to get a job at a hospital. Really? Interesting. What are you going to do there? Work. Ah. Fabulous. Let's see. I'm trying to think of one more good one. I'm going to get a job at a grocery store. Gonna work there? <laughs> You're clairvoyant. All right, Sean. Listen, uh-huh. we're uh, we're done making fun of you. Listen, uh, right. stop smoking so much weed. I don't know. You don't know? You're addicted. How long have you been smoking weed? Uh, I don't know. Uh, probably seventh grade. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Twelve years. How much weed do you um, do you smoke? Seven years. I don't know. As much as anybody else. Would. Is there anything? Mm-hmm. Unless you like, let's say, C. Everett Coop might uh, smoke. How much do I smoke? Mm, it varies. Sometimes I don't smoke weed for month upon month upon month, and then sometimes I get stoned uh, three weekends in a row. But addicts do it. Think about it every day. But here's the deal. And there's nothing better for an addict. Well, That's listen. it. That's the best thing they can come across, as far as they're concerned. You do anything you want in life. As yep. long as you're done with what you have to do no. during that day. You got it wrong. You got no, it. You, no. Th- look, listen, slam heroin? Smoking, listen. I've got plenty of heroin acts still work. Don't, don't go to go to some extreme to it's make a extreme. retarded point. It's Just listen to me. I treat weed like I treat pie. I love pie. No. I'd like to eat a whole pie every night. I really would. I would like to go home and eat a pumpkin pie, one of those big Marie Calendar pumpkin pies. I think I could eat one every night. I would alternate the... Uh, I'd go apple, pumpkin, apple, pumpkin, and then I toss a pecan in. <laughs> I would do it, but uh, as it is, I'm almost 200 pounds. I would, I would balloon up. I'd get lethargic, and my teeth would fall out. Right. So I don't do it. But I like pie. So what do I do? Right. I work out a little, do my job, 
Then I come home once a week and I eat my pie because right. I deserve it. All right. Right. That's the same thing. That's the same thing with drugs. I, uh, and I'll, obviously, if you're smoking, uh, um, oh, guy who's working at my house today invented a new drug we're going to market. Uh-oh. Angel crack. <laughs> Think about that. Talk about pushing the envelope. The point is, is people say, oh, marijuana is uh, evil. Well, marijuana is not evil for me. I work. I make a nice That's living. Right. I pay my bills. You and uh, once in a while right. on a Saturday night when I want to blow off a little steam, Look, I get stoned. I sit and watch my big screen TV that I paid with, uh, for with my own hard-earned money. You are not biologically prone to addiction to pot. Thank you. That's it. You aren't. I think I have the pie And I've now. said this over and over again, that the occasional abuse or use of that drug is not any worse than alcohol. But for some people, it is profoundly addictive, and it is horribly destructive for those people. Right. Yeah, and, and to and to to live in the ignorance or in the defensive posture of un- being unwilling to look at that reality infuriates me. All right, but it's uh, same with same with pornography, same with chili dogs. Okay, we'll be back. So you want to hear what Heather Dubrow and some of the Real Housewives of the OC say when they're not on camera? We are going to find out once and for all: Does Brooks have cancer? And I think you all want to know if the reports are true that all the girls on the show are banding together and refusing to film with Vicky to push her off the show. Heather Dubrow's world, where you can hear all the things you'll never see on TV. I think the audience has a bullshit meter, and when it starts going up, they don't want to watch. Right. Download Heather Dubrow's world now at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. All right. Hey, Drew. What would you say you're more into, the... Uh Techno scene or the uh, rave scene? Oh, I'm into all that stuff. It's a rave, right? Rave, not rage. Jeez, I, you know, I always get the Smack My Bitch Up. Is that the name of the song? Oh, really? Well, that's a positive message for the kids. Jeez, you know, I was driving in listening to um, Thin Lizzy's Jailbreak, and I thought to myself, you know, back in the day when I was coming up, when songwriters were songwriters, yeah. they had about mm, four topics they could choose from. Right. One would be the uh, one where they compared the band to some kind of renegade uh, group that had come into town. Right. Uh, had sex with the women and is uh, one step in front of the law. Yeah. Always uh, making those sort of uh, Western references in there instead of the uh, six gun and be the six string and, you know, that kind of stuff. The other was the um, Gotta Fly. That was a big theme, which is... Um, uh, I like you. Uh, I enjoyed being with you, but I'm a rambling guy. Right. I got to keep moving. Right. I just go. It's not you. I love there you. There were a bunch of women singers on that time who were singing about what a-hole men are. Right. Remember? Yeah. 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 Um, like Joan Baez. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. That. And, uh, one eye in the mirror. Yeah. Right. Uh, the other one was uh, how the band got started. <laughs> These are songs I miss. When the band were talking about how uh, there was just a little band and they were playing little honky-tonks and then they signed a big contract and now they're up on stage, how they found their first guitar and, you know, a lot of that stuff. Right. I miss that. Now was talking about the Smack the Bitch Down. What kind of message is that? A song like Jailbreak. That's a positive song. <laughs> sirens going off. And they don't use the sirens in the songs uh, anymore. Rock songs used to have a siren going all the time. Usually at the beginning or somewhere in the middle. All right. So uh, what the hell are we talking about? Phone number 1-800-LVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. And I'm Corolla. Dr. Drew, Kirk Worley is here. Kirk is uh, from uh, 93 Rock. I heard his thing, his Adam uh, shuffle. It was pretty good. 
They heard on the radio. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, that's out in Sacramento. That's about the best thing, best one of those I've heard. Well, it, not it, better well, than fact, engineer mics. Come no, on. in fact, what, what I liked best about it, he had some drops that were, I, I don't even remember that. I mean, they, I was like, oh my God, I'm glad he got those. I can't remember you saying those things. Yeah. Oh, what a surprise. I was talking about my ass and the entire thing. Anyway, Kirk has now uh, done another one, which is uh, sort of a promo for the Adam Carolla CD. What? Some of those, like, record offer things. What? Those, like, KTEL things. What? That's what I hear. Oh, my God. What are you? What are you? Why? Oh, that could be entertaining. God. Oh, my God. All right. Listen, we play the Drew Shuffle enough. Let's hear uh, some of the... Uh, so let's hear the uh, Adam uh, uh, KTEL CD announcement. This holiday season, give the gift that says, I care. The Adam Carolla CD, This Could Happen to You, featuring Adam Carolla. Adam exhibits his vast musical range, including several opera tracks like this one. Kill the rabbit, kill the rabbit. And for that holiday feeling, Adam puts a special feel into your holiday Christmas tunes. The weather outside is frightful, but inside it's so delightful. And after the kids have gone to bed, get down and dirty with rapping Adam. I got backhand like John McEnroe. That bitch steps up, I'm smocking the hoe. And if you act now, we'll also throw in never heard before classic live tracks like this one. Hey, Joe. <laughs> Where you going with that gun in your hand? I'm going down to shoot my old lady. Told me to wear this stupid purple hat with a feather in. All this could be yours for the simple donation of one small child for the Adam and Drew Abuse Farm. So act now. Supplies are running out for the Adam Corolla CD. This could happen to you at stores now. The Adam Corolla CD, this could happen to you, is not available anywhere. Even if it was, it'd be at a store no one ever heard of, and a place no one ever wants to go to. Wow, that was a good one. Well, we got to lure yeah, that, this uh, Kirk that, out from Sacramento full time. That had production quality, right? Oh yeah. Even Mike has to. Uh, Even Mike gives a nod. Yeah, that was a good one. That wow. took some time, Mike, to pull out all that stuff. I mean, that's like six, a year of material to get him singing. You, you know, uh, I can't remember him ever singing on this show. <laughs> it's so funny uh, when I got into radio, or when I was just getting into radio about mm, three years ago, Jimmy. Yeah, the uh, sports guy over at the mother station, K-Rock, said to me, uh, listen, I was real eager and hungry and uh, looking to try to contribute to the morning show and was doing my character and everything. And he said, if you learn how to edit tape yeah. and uh, splice things together and uh, edit uh, interviews and that kind of thing, you'll be a great asset to the morning show. So I'm going to teach you how to edit tape. And I thought that would be great because if I could learn this... I could go out the little dat recorder and get myself interviews and stuff and then come back and put it together yeah. myself, put the music beds underneath yeah. it and all that. I spent about five minutes showing me how to edit tape, and I said, nah, <laughs> that ain't ever going to happen. I cut one piece of tape, and uh, now every time I see him, I say to myself, thank God I never learned how to edit. That is your hair on the sandwich. <laughs> right there. There it is. <laughs> I was just going. I I could never do what uh, Mike and uh, Kirk and right. uh, these other yeah, that's guys true. do. That's true. Uh, because even um, here's the message: even jobs that sound exciting and uh, glamorous and interesting and fascinating and and all that kind of stuff mm, turn out to be a lot of hard work. 
Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Except for this, whatever show. it is. Uh, not this job. Yeah. Well, nah. Yeah. No, not this job. What do you do? You gonna sit and tell us how much hard work you do on this show? Please. You shut up at twenty minutes no, into the no, show no, no, tonight. No, 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 no. That's not the point I'm saying. The point I'm making is you'll be gone uh, ten seconds be, after the show. To, to be, this is the message. The message is to be successful in anything requires ultimately a lot of hard work. Right. I'm not saying this particular job is such hard work, no. but ultimately to be here and do it properly, a lot of work. I busted my ass for almost no money so that I could get paid a bunch of money to do almost nothing. Thank you, Chelsea. Yeah. You're 23. Yeah. Mahalo. Mahalo. You got that little girl voice. Yeah, I know. Uh-oh. All right, what's but going on? But she's got some insight. What? But you have insight. Yeah. Um, actually, I've started developing feelings for my therapist and was wondering if I should discontinue therapy. Do you have feelings for your therapist, you say? Yeah. How long have you been in therapy? Two weeks. How, how long? Yeah. Uh, about three years. Three years. Okay. Really? How, well, how long did it take you to develop feelings? Uh, it's probably been the last year. Really? So it was two years uh, with the same guy? Right, yeah. And uh, no feelings at all. And then all of a sudden... Well, it's I, like, I always uh, really, really liked him. You noticed how he filled out that card again where, all of a sudden. You going? You're going somewhere with this. Well, I'm just... No, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just thinking that uh, it's interesting. I, I believe that women have this capacity and men don't, which is a guy would sit down, uh, be attracted to his therapist on the first day... And then as the years wore on, would probably become less and less attracted to her as she became a human being. It depends on the issues and how the people relate to the experience. But it, it, man, it may go through cycles where it starts out attraction and goes away and it comes back. But you, you know where a man is most attracted to a woman? Well, he, the peak of, of, of attraction for a man to another one? Mm -hmm. When she's in the car next to him, not in his own car. In the, in the car, like at a stoplight, mm -hmm. and he's looking across, and all he can see is her head, and she's uh, <laughs> fixing her lipstick up in the uh, visor mirror. There, there's, the attraction for men will never get stronger than that. It, it's it, sad, but it, it's it, true. It, it's there is some truth in that. And that I can I know it's true just by the perplexion, of the perplexed look on Anne's face. Yeah, again, she's disgusted. She's gonna yeah. go home and kick her uh, dog in the nuts <laughs> while he's sleeping. What? 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 So it's downhill. From there on, mm. it's like buying men a new car. As soon as you drive it off the lot, you, it mm. men loses. project a lot onto things and women. It's not a fast free fall after that, but it's uh, it'll the the fantasy will never uh, match that one. That's how guys. So you're not work. talking about love or anything. You're just talking about pure fantasy. See, for men, yeah, but right. not necessarily. She opens her mouth and has a thought, then that ruins it for you. It, it, it. Unless she speaks another language and he can't understand those thoughts. But, but then so it still that, can be but, dragged but, on until he can find an interpreter. That's, this is the point, is that men can be, can be encouraged back into a true relationship if women lead them there. You understand? If women's open to that, that re the fulfillment can ultimately be found. But the initial part... It, where men act out their pathology and all that, that's when they really feel the attraction. Yeah, you know, instead of uh, women trying to get men, you know, sexually excited after uh, five years of a bad marriage with the, um, you know, nighty yeah. and the, um, you know, uh, edible panties and stuff, they really just ought to buy a car door, put it in the living room, uh, roll the window down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so Chelsea, this is a great idea. Developing feelings uh, of all kinds for your therapist is a very positive thing. It's part of the process. 
how you react to that and how the therapist helps you manage that is what therapy is. Okay? So it means you're getting into the therapeutic process. It is very important that you discuss that with the therapist, that you describe these feelings, that you explore them. And what the therapist is going to do, the therapist's job is to recreate for you the connection and then put boundaries on it so that, you, that you, you're going to be develop fears of being annihilated or being involved with the person or having sex with them. All these sort of fantasies are going to rush around in your head. And the therapist's job is to put down some very, very, very strict boundaries in the relationship so you can have those feelings safely and see where they go where they aren't acted upon or acted out in the old ways that you have in the past yeah. as a result of whatever oh, abuse boy. or whatever it is you're, you're recovering from. Uh, you understand? Yeah. No. How old is the guy? Oh, probably early 50s. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is out of the question, right? No, no, no. It's, wait what? A minute. It's not? very oh, good, good that she's Chris giving you the green light. No, that you, of course, unless your therapist is a charlatan, unless he's a bad person and a bad professional will maintain for you those boundaries to allow you to have these feelings safely and explore them. And they'll be very scary and they'll be very bizarre in the way they'll probably affect you. But this is what therapy is. That's what it is. I think you ought to charge him my 135 bucks and only give him 45 minutes worth of sex. All right. That sounds like a fair trade-off, doesn't it? Keep going. Now we're going to commercial. Oh, my God. I went fast. Yeah. Well, it's because uh, we played Kirk's uh, ah. CD offer. All right. We'll be back. I don't think they're aware of how much they suck. This week on the Big Podcast with Shaq, we're joined by the best player in the NBA today, reigning league MVP, Steph Curry. Steph Curry, I'm your biggest fan. I knew I could play in this league right away. I knew I could you know, help a team win, be a championship point guard. It's something that I've always aspired to do. You're just so cute, and you're just so <laughs> huggy, and you're just so <laughs> snuggly. Well, I, got a, I got a killer instinct, too. I just tell people that I like to do it, having fun, smiling. I know I got a youthful, I call it a youthful look. I don't want to call it cute. Yeah, you are cute. You're like a little baby. I want to just pick you up. The Big Podcast with Shaq. That's me. It's up right now at podcast1.com. No, this is Billy from uh, Green Day, and you're listening to Love Live. Yes, you is. I'm Adam Corolla. the Gabby one, Dr. Drew. Forget the phone number. Forget the fax numbers. To the phones we go. Tony, you're 30. Yeah, hi, Adam. Hi, Tony. Or, uh, Drew. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> well, you're nervous. That's uh, well, you know. Um, I have a question for Dr. Drew. Um, Dr. Drew, I have happies, mm-hmm. uh, and um, I'm concerned about... I'm married, and I'm concerned about um, transmitting it to my wife, and what precautions should I take if we want to have children? What are you doing now to avoid passing it? Uh, well, we're not ready to have children um, right now, so... My my wife is not on the pill any longer. She was on it too long, and I am using condoms. Mm-hmm. And you guys, as long as you two have been having sex, you've been using condoms. Yes. So she no, is no, ne- no, 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 not ever since I was diagnosed with uh, with the genital happies, um, I uh, have been using a condom since. Okay. So I think uh, she should accept the happies like she accepted your last name when you got married. That's just. Uh, this is a part yeah, of you. It's something of that you pass on, and it's uh, it's really proving her love. And it, and it does complicate uh, the pregnancy a little bit, although it is, again, very common. There was some data that was released a couple of months ago, or I guess a few weeks ago, that uh, 
really was looking at maybe 30% incidence of herpes in the studies, they, the groups they were looking at, which mostly urban uh, populations. Well, and like, you, you don't, you're not hearing about a tremendous incidence of uh, uh, problems with pregnancy as a result of herpes. It's well obstetricians are well aware what the risks are. It can be obviated with, uh, with uh, cesarean sections, that sort of thing. Well, so it's my, not a huge issue. It's one you would like to avoid. if It's obviously safer if somebody is not infected. And obviously you don't want to put her at any increased risk of cervical cancer, which it would. So it, it, the protection is wear a condom. Well, yeah, how do you, he what do you do when you want to wear a condom with his wife his whole life? The question then is, what do you do when you want to have the kids? And that is, I don't know if anybody has any set ways of dealing with that. I mean, there are there's always artificial insemination, well, I suppose, listen. But I would suggest that you just try not to have sex when there is any symptoms, which would decrease the risk of passing it. Okay, but the does the virus the virus as far as I understood it, the virus isn't transmittable through the semen. Is not transmissible. In most ca it could be in some cases at some times, but it mostly is not. Because the when I do have an outbreak, it it occurs on the scrotum, mm -hmm. um, not on the shaft of the penis. Good. So really? They'll be well, ba it, bag it and go. It'll make it less likely. Just if you have symptoms, but is it, again, it's a very contagious virus. Okay. Uh, if you one, have other any symptoms. Quick, one other quick question is: um, I also have uh, what was called molluscum. Uh huh. Molluscum. I. Don't know anything about it. The uh, clinic I went to really couldn't tell me very much about it. It's another virus, and it is a self-limited disease. They cause these little sort of zit-like growths that, if you shell them out, they have little hard centers. And it's uh, usually the dermatologist, the doctor, would sort of shell them out, and they'll go away on their own. It is contagious, but it has no consequence. What are you, is a melon baller? I, I was just thinking. <laughs> is also, that what you're talking about shelling them maybe out? Maybe another th option Tony might have is to get on. There are sort of maintenance. Several good maintenance antiviral drugs right now out there. There's Famvir and, and Valtrex and Zithromax. Uh, Zovirax. And uh, that, if during the time in which they're trying to conceive, maybe being on that routinely would uh, decrease the risk, too. Right. I, I would Here's the deal. Here's that. the bottom line. If you have the happies, you're potentially contagious all at all times. But if you don't have an outbreak, obviously you're less contagious than you would be if you did have an outbreak. Right. And nobody can figure out uh, all the king's horses and all the king's men can't figure out whether you're contagious or not at, at any given individual at any given time if there's not the presence right. of an outbreak. Yeah. Now, I'm guessing it just varies from person to person. Yep. Why there could not be some sort of test yeah. uh, that one yeah. could uh, dip one's you know, wick into was said uh, wax yeah. or something like that and figure something out or shine some sort of infrared light on it or right. something. I don't know why. Or just some sort of... Uh, um, sterilization process that was only lasted an hour, where you yep. uh, just basically, um, like when a surgeon before he does surgery, uh, just bathes his hands in this stuff, and for uh, for you know a certain amount of time, there's not it's going to kill everything that's on it. Yeah. Uh, later on that night, he's got to wash his hands again before he eats, right. Because he had his finger in his nose on the way on the drive home right. from the hospital. Right. Why can't you guys come up with that? Interesting idea, Malcolm. Hey. Adam, yeah. Dr. Drew, you guys are the best. Thanks, Malcolm. Um, okay, my question is, my girlfriend and I kind of moved in, like, too fast. We moved too fast. I mean, by the second week, we were talking about getting married and starting a family, and I'm only 17. Mm -hmm. Now, huh? we're going to talk about Malcolm behind his back here in front of him. Mm -hmm. um, who's the crazy one here? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? 
when people do that kind of thing. Uh, Malcolm doesn't sound real crazy right. to me. That's right. Uh, maybe a deprived kind of uh, right. childhood. He's, he's more the codependent type. Yeah. She's, she's taking full Girlfriend's advantage. all crazy? Uh, no. Some uh, difficulties at home, perhaps? Huh? Difficulties on the home front? With me or her? With her. Um, I really don't couldn't tell you. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, don't, I doubt it. I very yeah, honestly it. doubt She's it. She's just looking to get out and get married? Yeah, she she wants to get out and so do I. Uh -huh. Why does she want to get out? I don't know. She's, she, I don't know, a typical teenager. Well, we'll find out more about it. We, we suspect there's something substantial going on there. And the typical teenager, went, well, they want the parents to get out. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to get out. Well, well, there's something going on, and and, and you you uh, probably are in deep and feel like you're in this very intense relationship, but I do. Yeah, um, there's something more going on here. Uh, I mean, this kind of thing know, where people I, lose their boundaries and instantly they're just in this uh, world of uh, Garden of Eden where they're united perfectly. Um, no, it's usually something funny going on. Okay, but I guess you could say that. But see, my question was, is about two weeks ago. Um, now my, one of my friends is going out with a girl that I used to like have a big crush on. Okay. Mm -hmm. And about two weeks ago, I was over at her house with, with him cause we always hang out together and me and her went out on the porch and started talking and we kissed each other mm -hmm. and we're both going out and my, the girl I kissed is, is like good friends with my girlfriend. Mm hmm. And so, um, now they already know, and I'm feeling like totally guilty about it. And you mean your girlfriend and the guy knows? Yeah, they both they they know. Right. All right. Good. Then one more reason why you guys shouldn't get married. Right. Right. This is a typical teenage behavior. Weird hormones running wild. Uh, weird sabotage. Amazing uh, yeah. lust and energy in one moment, and then the next minute you. You've just polished off a uh, half a Sixers of Mickey's, and you're dry humping one of your sister's friend's legs but, after the most wonderful, uh, intimate evening the night before with your and, girlfriend. And this is why you don't yeah. get married at 17. That's right. And some of it also is his uh, own instincts guiding him away from that chaotic relationship. Yes. So. All right. Jessica. Hello. Hey, you're 26. Yes, I am. I wanted to uh, thank both of you. You guys are a tremendous uh, impact on our youth, and mm -hmm. I work a lot with teenagers, right. and I can't uh, begin to say um, what a good job you guys are doing. Well, thank you. You really, really are. I work with a few coalitions in my town, and you know, the, you have a big impact on the kids. And, I, I um, hope, listen, I'll tell you something, whenever, whenever somebody sort of questions what it is we're doing, my usual advice to them is go talk uh, to F you. No, well, Adam says uh. that, but I usually I say, hey, go talk to people that deal with teens every day and, and yeah. see if this isn't exactly the kind of thing that they yeah. are. Not even teens. It's She's one of the soldiers, one of the foot soldiers oh, out right. on the street that's right. fighting the, the good yes. battle. Yes, well, yes, yes, yes. We're just generals up on the hill. Of course they want to be talked with, not Look, and that, right. It's not even teens so much as adolescents in general. I and mean, adolescence in our society now extends to about age 40. Yeah, and I hate to say it, but there's a lot of older people. Well, I'm not. Well, I consider myself mature enough, and it's kind of crazy. I see that people my age are calling and asking that. Yeah, same stuff. Listen, adolescence extends way past the twenties right now. Yeah, but Adam, mm. I have a dream book my mother bought me, and it's kind of kooky, but you know what? Mm. It really applies. And I looked up your long hair food dream. Yeah, mm -hmm. what's it mean? I, I was eating a sandwich, and would you? Okay. Hey, throw. Hold on a second, you crackpot. Can I try to do some halfway? decent radio here an hour and 15 minutes ago 
and when none of you were listening, I was talking about a dream that I had just the other night about eating a sandwich, and, and sort of there was a hair in it, not an oversized hair, just a black hair, and I kept finding it sort of woven through the sandwich, yet I kept eating the sandwich. I was just sort of disgusted by it. Okay, you ready for this? Yes. Okay, it, when I looked up foods, and it said in here, your food and dreams usually refers to a food for thought, ideas, new techniques, new concepts, new beliefs. They are ideas, they are ideas you take in and digest mentally. Then I looked over long hair, and it says long thoughts, thinking long, carefully planning, good concentration abilities. If your hair is actually short, this may suggest that you think a long time about the new idea, suggestion, or situation before making a decision. All right, but this isn't hair in the food. This is just two separate categories. Yeah, it's hair on the head. Yeah, and then the I was head. hearing that you said about baldness. Yeah, I did dream in the same uh, night that I was on the Tonight Show, and I was watching it uh, from home on the like tape delay, mm -hmm. and uh, I could see my hair was thinning out, which uh, could couldn't be further from the truth. I, I got a chia head <laughs> going over here, but yeah, I just I watch you on MTV. I, I see you. I just look like an idiot. But <laughs> what's that have to do with? It says dream symbol of losing ideas or not taking time to think things out. No new ideas growing. Barrenness of concentration, thought, lock, lack of positive thinking. So you're just, uh, you're run the gamut. That was sort of the, what you were thinking about what you did on that show, too, interestingly. Well, on, on Tonight Show, supposedly. Right. You mean I wasn't very uh, funny or clever yeah, or anything like right, that. Yeah. But you know, Adam, you have some quick wit. I noticed that about you. You're real quick to analyze, and I wonder if it's because you've been hanging out with Dr. Drew. And no, no he's please. Got he's got that naturally. Oh, jackass. <laughs> but you do have a quick wit, and I just wanted to thank you guys for the terrific job you do. And like I said, kids want to be talked with, not talked down to. And Keep that's exactly what you guys do. And Dr. Drew, you give some kick-ass information. Thank you. Thanks, Jessica. All right. Keep the tough love. Kids love the tough love. No, they don't. They don't? They hate it. No, they do. They need it. Of course they, they do. It. Kids, they they're like dogs, you know. They just they want to be yanked. They want that oh, chain to be yanked. They, once they right. get used to it, they recognize the... the uh, oh, benefit. hold on. Producer Ann's got something. What am I forgetting, Producer Ann? Bush. To move on. Oh. we got to go to the commercials. We're done with the show. Yeah. <laughs> the, the call lasted three minutes and 15 seconds. We're, we got to kill about 30 seconds, and we go to a break, and the uh, show's over. Yeah, let's go break. What? Go now. All right. Well, what paper are you waving around, Ann? Oh, okay. <laughs> she gets my attention. She's waving around a piece of paper, but the paper is uh, not part of the conversation. All right, Ann. She's, uh, I like it when you're not listening to the show. You get one of those, like, oversized uh, French magazines God, in here to keep on. you busy. <laughs> no. No, I'm not. I'm hanging out for the long roll. <sighs> Where's my puka shells? I don't go in for these back doors. Oh, all right. Oh, wait a minute. I'm done with the false enthusiasm. <laughs> all right, that uh, about uh, puts the wraps on tonight's show. Boy, it really flew by. It did. Thank God we've been reunited. Thank you for treading water for me for a little while. This Boy, tonight. I, I felt like a one-armed man uh, trying to hold a mass, uh, mass <laughs> magazine and uh, have myself at the same time. Which is something you're pretty good at. Actually, I could, yeah. yeah that worked. All right, uh, Lisa Cushell from uh, Mad TV, old friend of mine, will be in. And I don't mean like old friend like um, like in uh, the media, when everyone's your friend, but right. you never really see him. This is actually a real good friend of mine. I had a big crush on her oh, for a while. Boy. So uh, that should be, be uh, fun tomorrow night. She's uh, now on Mad TV, and uh, she's real good. And she's going to be a huge star this one. Great. She's real young, real good looking, and uh, 
Real funny. And uh, Gavin from Bush will be in here uh, the night after that. So, until next time, this is Sam Crowley for Dr. Drew saying... Mahalo. This has been Loveline. The opinions expressed herein are certainly opinions. That's for sure. If you'd like a written transcript of today's program, you probably should have written it down yourself. And if you did, we'd like a copy. Loveline producer Ann Wilkins. This broadcast was copyright 1997 Westwood One Entertainment. This music is MXBX on Tooth and Nail Records. This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.